Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Through 25 seasons. Hey! 4,561 episodes. I believe The Oprah Winfrey Show was one of the greatest classrooms in the world. I really never thought of it that way. The aha moments, the breakthroughs, the LOLs, the connections, the occasional ugly cry. I miss him so terribly. I miss him every single minute. The moments that mattered. The eye-opening life lessons. Never allow them to take you somewhere else. I'm bringing them back. It's time to open the vault. I've personally chosen these classic episodes to share with you again. Every single person you ever will meet shares that common desire. They want to know, do you see me? Do you hear me? Does what I say mean anything to you? You are listening to The Oprah Winfrey Show, the podcast. Parents of America, I hope you will listen to me today and understand that giving your kids everything is really ruining their lives and ruining this country. That's right, experts say that we are raising the most overindulged generation in the history of the United States. Millions of mothers and dads are caving into the demands of their children. They're unable to say the word no, and the results can look like this. I heard you, I'm not deaf either. Just be quiet! You call me a brat? You wanna call me that once more? What if I told you that by the end of this hour that you will realize that by caving into your children's demands that what you're really doing is ruining them and that learning to say no and mean it when you say no could end up being your defining moment as a parent. This is Todd and Lisa. They are the parents of that little girl, Hannah. Hannah is their only child, and like many mothers and dads, especially with only children, they wanted to give their daughter the best of everything. Get your hands off of me! You call me a brat? You want to call me that once more? There's a lot of anger. We don't know why. Lisa and Todd say their daughter Hannah is spoiled and difficult. Her explosive tantrums are wreaking havoc in their household. You could have the French toast sticks. Then you're not going to eat. Then I am going to eat! She is like devil child. Lisa says Hannah would torment her nannies trying to get them to quit. Just be quiet! Don't call me crazy ever again! Didn't hurt you. Yes, you did! And why is my wrist red? Why? You don't have to say that mean. Did I say it mean? Hey! To keep the peace, Lisa lets Hannah have her way 24-7. Oh, you'll have to wait till the next time we go to the store. No! The next time we go to the store is now. 
but Todd has reached his limit. Listen to me. You stop screaming in people's faces right this very second. Todd does not know he has a bad temper. One. I don't think he knows what he's really like. Two. And that's probably the biggest problem in our marriage. You think I'm joking? This is not a game. I love my family. I just can't do this anymore. So with their marriage now on the rocks and their nine-year-old daughter completely out of control, this family obviously needed help. And that's when Rabbi Shmuley, the host of TLC's Shalom in the Home, stepped in. Uh, Rabbi Shmuley videotaped this family in action, and then he showed them what they are really doing. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. So we're going to watch a couple things together. Guess what Mr. Cat has to say to you? Unbelievable. Can you believe you let her talk to you this way? Lisa? Why did you do nothing about it? Your way hasn't worked for nine years. Get up and do something. I have nothing to say to you. Don't leave your job. Then do something about it. You're not going to school unless you put tights on. Okay, let's stop here. What do you guys say? What did you see there? I see her. It's a joke. That this is her discipline there is a joke. Do you see how you talk to me? Do you see? Is that all you got from that whole clip? How I talk to you? Well, I know how Hannah talks to me, and it's not right. But you, you're worse than her. You talk to me worse than she does. Lisa, you both you treat me terrible. And do nothing about it. You both abuse me. Okay. Have you done anything to incur her abuse? No. What would you do about? a raving injustice like that. Just love her more. Love her more? Yeah. You're right, you would love her more, but there's two hands of love, okay? The right hand is the generous side of love. It's giving, it's embracing. The left hand of love is the more severe. If your daughter wants to run out in the street and you gotta scold her, admonish her because you wanna save her life, then you gotta be stern. You're not embracing the other side of love, Lisa. You're not understanding that part of loving your daughter is to ensure she doesn't destroy herself. It's good for her to learn to honor her parents. She's gonna have bosses one day that she has to listen to. I tell her that. If she doesn't learn to respect people now, then she's not gonna learn that lesson. You are being a loving mother by teaching her that lesson. Uh, well, I know to a lot of parents, some in this audience and at home, that that's such an obvious thing that as a parent, you have to show discipline and that you have to teach your children how to respect other people and to respect you in particular. 
are a lot of families struggling like this? Well, the reason why it's not so obvious is that there's three issues affecting the American family. Number one is sheer physical exhaustion. The parents come home and they can't say no because they can't even summon the energy to say no. It's a second job. The second is, it follows from the first, guilt. When you know you're not giving your child the time they deserve and you're plopping yourself numbly in front of a TV at night, you feel bad about it or and you compensate. all the time. Correct. Yeah. You compensate by giving them things instead of the gift of yourself. And the third is a bit more subtle, but it's equally tragic. We don't live in a very loving society. People come from broken childhoods. They often have loveless marriages. The only love they get is from their children. So they're afraid to discipline them because they think their children won't love them. They see their kids saying things, I hate you. What do you mean I can't go out with my friends? And they hate looking at that grimace of pain because the only affection they're getting is from that biological bond between parent and child. You know, Todd and Lisa especially are incredibly loving parents, but there were issues in their marriage as well. And sometimes I think our children become proxy battlegrounds for what's happening between the parents. And we make the mistake of arguing in front of our children, and they're very vulnerable. And they absorb that volatility. Yeah. And suddenly, instead of having peace at their center, which children should have, they have chaos at their center. Because when you argue in front of your children, you change who they are. Isn't that correct? You rob them of their innocence. They're seeing things that children should never see. When we show them too much pain, they have no filter through which to, to filter out the pain, and it begins to scar them emotionally. Well, Lisa and Todd are the parents of Hannah. And we are telling this story today because they wanted to help a lot of you parents out there learn what they have learned. Lisa, how bad had it gotten? It got really bad. She ruled our life. She ruled everything about our home. She ruled our marriage. Has she always ruled? Mm -hmm. So how does a three-year-old rule an adult? How did that happen? I think it's taking the easy way out. Taking an easy way out. Yeah. I'll ask you, Todd, how did that happen, that a three-year-old can rule the house? In our case, my wife wanted Hannah to be her best friend before she wanted to be her parent. And that's the biggest mistake, is it yeah, not? Yeah, the biggest mistake is that's believing that you're mistake. being your, your children, you're doing them a service by being their friend rather than being their so parent. That, they have plenty of friends. They yeah. have one parent. So that leaves the other person having to be the um, disciplinarian. So you felt like the Basically, bad guy. it's like a good cop, bad cop. Mm -hmm. And she would be there for her, for everything, give her everything. And it became to a point where she would just ignore her bad behavior, starting from three, I mean, all the you way would. up to nine. You would from three. Yeah. Yeah. And my daughter manipulated the situation into being able to get what she wanted, how she wanted, when she wanted. And she demanded it. And yeah. it got to be a problem. I think she demanded it. And I think every child would do the same thing. Oh, I think they do. If, Absolutely. If they could. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Children actually want discipline. Yeah. Well, you know, Oprah, we, we parents have to accept that discipline is another form of love. We, we define love so narrowly. We think we're being mean. You are loving your child by saying no. No is just as loving as saying yes. When your child's holding poison, if you don't say no, you hate your child. You are contemptuous of your child. Yeah. So get out of the belief. I was, was going to say that because if you don't say no, Time after time after time, wouldn't you have a lot of anger? Well, I, uh, anger is one of the emotions that children are beginning to exhibit today that is positively astonishing. Why are kids so angry? And I think that they're raging against the neglect. I mean, the one thing kids need in huge doses is love. They need attention. Yeah. They're insatiable for it. They're not getting it. So we can't just blame the kids for being bratty or being spoiled. Yeah. We have to also look at why the parents are prioritizing work and career before family. There are a lot of experts who say that Parents in this country are not just spoiling their children, that they are actually ruining their lives. Rabbi Shmuley says, when you spoil your children, that what you're really doing is preventing them from finding 
real happiness. Explain that. Okay, happiness comes from a feeling of purposefulness and fulfillment, that you're yeah. a good person. When you spoil your kids, they can no longer think about other people's feelings. They don't know borders, they don't know boundaries. Everything is mine. So they yeah. become insatiable. They could have no real joy from their achievements. They could take no real pleasure from their relationships because they're narcissists. Everything is seen oh. through the prism of their own needs. I see that. That's where these adults that are such jerks come from. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Okay, okay. So. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. This is Todd and Lisa and their 10-year-old daughter, Hannah. Just one year ago, Hannah was really out of control, as you saw on the tape earlier, able to bring other children and even adults to tears. She even had to switch schools because of her behavior. Rabbi Shmuley spent a week working with this family. Take a look. To get this family back on track, Rabbi Shmuley first takes them on a field trip to the woods. Welcome to paradise. Oh, it may not look, Lisa, like paradise quite yet. Well, but let me tell you, you're going to learn tonight the most important lesson of family life. Paradise is any place where you have each other. As they work together to build a tent, Shmuley coaches the whole family through an earpiece. When did we start on this? Anna, we're doing a project, and you know what? We're having problems with it, so we just have to try to work it through. Excellent, Todd. Don't get frustrated. Absolutely. You see, if they can get on, through this on, one night on, on. and not bicker and trust each other, they'll know they're capable of it so that when other irritating events arise, they will transcend it. Now they have to learn to trust each other, so Shmuley has them literally cross that bridge next. All right, Hannah, you want me to come get you? No, no, no. Wait till you see how much more comforting it is to actually be crossing the bridge of life with somebody else. Back at home, it's about reconnecting. The solution, sitting down together for dinner, something this family almost never did. So did Brianna have a good time at the concert? Yeah. Did you guys stay up late? Uh, no. I didn't make it past 9.30. They're discovering family dinners almost for the first time, and the conversation's a bit awkward, but by and large, it's functioning, and I really feel like the more they do it, the more family dinners will become a central staple of the family. Okay, explain to me how a walking on a rope lesson is gonna change this family. <laughs> Well, you know, that's, that's a great question. If yeah. I knew the answer, I'd give it. But let me venture one. Okay. You know, I think one of the biggest problems with kids today is that we don't parent them, Oprah. They can't be children. Yeah. I think our kids are becoming young adults, young, cynical yeah. adults. They're yeah. raising themselves. Yeah. And that's why they're exhibiting such adult-like destructive behavior. The idea in these exercises was to show Hannah that she needed her parents, that there were areas, there were limitations on a child's ability, and she would actually be better off by inviting her parents into her life. Okay, I, so that's a symbolic lesson, correct? C correct. 
The purpose of the exercise is to try to place uh, the family in situations where we think the issues will be raised to the fore. I expected that something was going to go wrong. It was a difficult exercise for Hannah to do. Hannah is so used to showing her parents not vulnerability, I need you, but, but I invincibility. Can yeah. I can do everything without you. Because the way children respond when they do feel neglected was, if you don't give me love, I don't need you either. I can do everything on my own. I wanted to place Hannah in a situation where she could not do it and where she did not feel defeated by asking for her parents' assistance. Because that's what a family is. It's a cohesive structure of disparate parts that cohere through need. We don't just love each other, we need each so other. So how did this family get so off track? Todd and Lisa love each other very, very much, but they both come from broken childhoods. And I think that there was a defensiveness. Uh, Todd often felt that he was excluded from the family. He felt that his wife and his daughter were almost a, a, a subunit within the family. And his reaction to that was, was to be upset and was to be angry. What I tried to do was bring real communication between them because these are extremely decent people, but they have to learn how to communicate. And the volatility seeped through into, into Hannah. Todd, why do you think Hannah was acting out so much? I think a lot of it was for um, attention. I think that she wanted complete control. She wanted to manipulate. She wanted what she wanted, when she wanted it, how she wanted it. And this And hadn't been taught differently. When I see a child like that, acting out like that, or in a supermarket or on public display, I never think that that's the child's fault. I think that somewhere in that house, somebody didn't set the boundaries for that child. So I don't blame her. I don't blame Hannah for that behavior. Well, you're 100% right. Yeah, I don't blame Hannah for that right. behavior. I mean, a lot She's of it is our, is our fault. I yeah. mean, absolutely. Yeah. What do you think, Hannah? When you look at that tape of yourself behaving that way and screaming, don't call me a brat, what do you think of yourself? Um, I, I think to myself that um, when I saw it for the first time, I said, oh, wow, that's me. That's how I act. I don't want to act like that anymore. I'm going to stop acting like that. And really? myself. I know it's hard for 10-year-olds to sort of be reflective, but were you angry? Were you upset? Do you, what do you think you were doing? Um, Why do you think you behaved that way? I think I behaved that way because um, once in a while I'll get mad at my mom, and all they do um, at the nighttime every night is they watch TV on the couch. Mm -hmm. And not all the TV shows that I like, um, they watch. Mm -hmm. um, so once in a while, I'll say um, to my parents, do you guys want to play this game? And they'll say, we're watching this show, maybe mm -hmm. later, and it comes to be 10 o'clock at night, and I'll be saying, please, will you play with me? It's later now, and they'll say no. Do you feel like they didn't spend enough real time with you? Um, yeah. Really? Used to... Yeah. Okay. Real anger, of course, comes from a feeling of injustice. We think that our kids are not attuned to the injustice of neglect. They are. And that's one of the reasons they're so angry. If we don't change our ways, we're going to raise a very, very angry generation who don't know how to feel for others because they just are so focused on their own wounds. Why couldn't you say no? And I know a lot of parents are watching you right now, Lisa. They want to give, I, I, I think this generation in particular, because this is the first generation who didn't have to live like their parents, they didn't have to struggle like their parents. So you want to be able to give your children everything you ever wanted. I, I think I wanted to give her everything. I think it was easier to give in uh, you know, you work all day, you're tired, you get home, you just want to relax, yeah. and... Um, but it's also you wanted to be her best friend, too. I mean... It, it's also I wanted to want be the her negativity. best friend, and I wanted her to trust me. Mm -hmm. So I, I felt if I 
wronged her. I put my foot down too heavy. She wouldn't confide in me, and I always want to know what she's doing. Mm -hmm. So when she hits adolescence, she'll always confide in me, mm -hmm. and I don't have to worry about. Aren't you glad you course corrected before adolescence? <laughs> oh yes. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So what are you doing differently now? How is this family different? Well, you know what? Hey, Hannah. <laughs> let me ask you a question. Am I your friend now or your mom? You're my mom. <laughs> And how do you feel about that? I hate it. <laughs> but you know what? That makes me feel really good. It makes you feel really good. So yeah. what did you stop doing or I, start I, doing? Well, I woke up and I said no more. And I wasn't taking any more from my daughter, not taking any more from my husband. And, I and you said, I'm going to turn it around. You yeah. just didn't. We all yeah. did it together. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And as what was your family. role in it, Todd? What did you do? You well, changed the most. I try not to be as frustrated as I was. Um, I try to walk out of the room if there's, um, if there's problems instead of um, allowing something to blow up. And most importantly, I mean, not sweating the small stuff. Do you parent together now? We try to. I mean, we, I mean don't get us wrong. There's still differences. Yeah. And I mean, nothing happens overnight, but we've made a lot of strides to make things positive in our family, I mean, home. I mean, my wife was diagnosed with something, and we're going through that. Oh, that's that. right, I heard. With Tomorrow you go in for surgery for breast yeah. cancer. Yeah. Godspeed. 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 Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. So thank you all. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Good luck tomorrow. Did you know that parents in this country spend over $300 billion a year on their children? Kids today have just about everything. They have cell phones and iPods and flat screen TVs in their rooms, sports cars, designer purses, and expensive clothes. Rebecca is a divorced mother of two who works in customer affairs for a very large company, and many of you will relate to her story. I really have a very tough time saying no to my children. It's just, I want to say no, but it turns out to yes. It's pretty bad. It's about as bad as it can probably get. Rebecca is a single mother of two who works full-time. I overcompensate when they ask me for things because I'm not spending the time with them during the day. I feel horrible about it. I feel guilty about it, so I overindulge. My son, Brandon, knows I am a total softie for the sad eyes. I know that, you know, half of it is a ploy, but I still eat it up. Stephanie is a wonderful little girl. Welcome to my room. She is definitely spoiled. If I really want to get something from my mom, I'll come home and I'll be like, Mom, all my friends have something. And then she'll be like, hmm. I like for my children to look good. They're a reflection of me. I think it gives them a positive attitude. I do definitely think that this has gotten to a point where it is getting out of control. So I know you admitted to the producers that you feel the pressure to keep up with the Joneses. Definitely. How do you know what the Joneses are doing? <laughs> the Joneses are my children's friends. Uh -huh. And I do feel that you know, I want my children to feel good about themselves. Mm -hmm. I don't ever want them to feel less than. A lot of their peers happen to be wealthy, and I don't want them to feel inferior out here. I want them to feel good about themselves. I want them to have a strong self-esteem. So her friends, or for a lot of her friends' parents are wealthy. Yes. Are you wealthy? 
I'm not wealthy. You're not wealthy. I do okay. Okay, you do okay, but you're trying to keep up with the wealthy people. Yes. Okay. And I know that you give your daughter gifts for good grades. I do. Okay. What kinds of I things do. you get for good grades? Well, my daughter works very hard. She gets wonderful grades. She goes to a prestigious school, a difficult curriculum in this school, and it's like an incentive for her to do well, I feel. So mm -hmm. things such as clothing, shoes, jewelry, jackets, different things, I'll just overindulge her because I think she does a great job. Okay, and how do you feel about it? Do you now feel that it's out of control? I do feel now that it's getting a little bit out of control because it seems to be a continuous, uh, it just seems to be happening so Stephanie's much looking like, now. She, do you think it's out of control, Stephanie? No, I'm fine with it personally. <laughs> Well, Dr. Robin is here, and she says Rebecca is sabotaging her children when she rewards them with gifts. How is that sabotage, Robin? Well, it's interesting. When you were talking about trying to keep up with people who are wealthy and you're not, you know, Oprah, the one thing we also want to be very aware of is even if you have money, just because you can do it doesn't mean you should. And so we want to understand... That, that's not the, so the people that you are following and that you're modeling yourself after, they are as off track as you. They just can't afford to do it, but they are damaging the spirits of their child. The other issue is you talk about not enough. You don't want them to feel like they're not enough. But our children learn about being enough, about being full, about being um, secure from us. Mm -hmm. So what I want to ask you is where is this really about your own insecurity of not being enough? Because that's what this is really about. So tell us about that. Well, I am a single mom, divorced single mom. A lot of times I feel like I am mom and dad to both of my children. I work full time. Times get tough. That's a story of every single mother, I right. think. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I, I feel very guilty that I do not get to spend the genuine time with them that I wish that I could. Have you said that to them? I have said that to them before. Okay. Yes. And because so you're trying to pacify them with the stuff. Yes. Right. Okay. Right. And what I want to say is that nothing, not iPods and jewelry and clothing, and I know that you are sitting here saying, will you please stop <laughs> saying this? You're getting ready to mess me up. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, what's going to mess you up and going to mess this little one up, yeah, is if you don't stop this and stop it now. And, and the reason is because you want them, if, if they were to lose everything, mm -hmm. and this is what we all want, if the rug gets pulled from underneath us, you've got to be able to still know that you are good enough. And right now, if they lose things, they're gonna feel empty. And we don't want that for them. You don't want that for them. So I want you to really recognize that what you're trying to do, which is to love them, to make up for your not being there. Yes. You can't do it with things. Things will never satisfy and never fill the sacred hole that only a mom and dad can do. The other thing is you can't be dad. Just be a and, good mom. And it's so interesting. Mom. I hear single mothers say that all the time. I have to be mom and dad. Right. No, just be a good mom. Or if you're a dad, just be a good dad. But this trying to be what you're not, you're not their father. Correct. So to make up for divorce and pain and separation and 
you can't make up for. What you can do is fill your own sense of being good enough and satisfied, and that it's not about what you have or that you have something uh, that somebody else doesn't have, and then you can feel good about yourself. But that, Robin, that means if all that the kids have an iPod, if all the kids have an iPod, and she doesn't have an iPod. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's a difficult conversation because yes, what, you're then, what you're then having to do is talk about your values. Either that she doesn't have an iPod because we can't afford it. Okay. And so you would And I think that's hard for a lot of parents to say. Huge. It, it's hard and to say. Huge. I can't afford it. The guilt of that would eat me alive. It would. Yes. Well, you know what? The one thing I also am wanting you to think about because you um, want to be able to give your kids everything. Yes. And, yes, and what I, I want you to be able to give them is something that money can't buy, which is internal security. I look at both of them. They're bright. They're vibrant. They're alive. I look at you in the same way. To overindulge your children is to injure them. If he, being an African-American young boy, there's a whole world out there that unfortunately is not set up to nurture him, to yeah. succeed. I don't want to see him in a place where he doesn't do well because he was given and given and given. Because where does one learn to earn what they're getting? This is how you know that when, it's too much. That, yeah, that it's too much. When your child is doing nothing to earn it. So you're rewarding them, um, but they're not doing anything to earn it. Where is the work ethic that we want to cultivate in a child? Well, what could Brandon do to earn it? Hi, Brandon. But <laughs> I mean, what do you mean could, earning? Do you mean working? Working? I, I, several things. I mean, Brandon, how old are you? Five. Five. Wow, and he's a strong, vibrant five. He could pick up his toys in his room. He could pick up his clothing. He could help his mother take the trash out. Not because you need it, because it's cultivating being competent and thoughtful. Okay? So I want to be able to produce... And then I want to have a heart of compassion. So yeah. there are things that young people can do. I mean, why would, when people have housekeepers, so for all of you that have a housekeeper and you're letting your housekeeper make your, the bed of your child, stop it today. Let your child make their own bed. Yes. I mean, so there are small things that become big if you will really allow it. The, you know, the next way you know where if it's just too much is this issue of do I value things more than people. Yeah. You know, that's another biggie. I mean, because you'll hear, because the need becomes insatiable. So I want more and more and more, and nothing can satisfy me. And so I'm not really interested in whether or not I'm building great, healthy relationships. I'm interested in how many more gadgets yeah, things that I, I have. have. Yeah. And then the last way that we can really get clear about, is it too much? is when you are giving your child a lot and you really look at everything they have and you say, okay, have they earned it? Well, when you look at trying to make them happy or soothe them with things, you're damaging them. So it's the very opposite effect that you think you're going to make her feel good. Mm -hmm. And temporarily, she might. Right. Long term. See, I don't want them to be just happy now. I want them to become whole individuals. Yeah. The goal is wholeness. Yeah. Wholeness. This is Jerry. She says not only do her two teenage daughters manipulate her, her 23-year-old married daughter, Jennifer, still does too. Am I a mom that can't say no to my kids? Yes. Yes, yes. 
Jerry feels like she's living her life at the beck and call of her three daughters. And each girl, she says, is more spoiled than the next. My kids are our master manipulators, each in their own way. Jennifer does the cutesy thing. I call my mom when I need just about anything, um, whether it's lunch or breakfast or gas money or a house. Jennifer wanted to move into one of our houses, so she agreed to pay the rent, and it was four and a half months ago, and so far she hasn't paid any rent yet. Something always comes up like Walmart um, or the mall. Ashley usually just comes straight out and says, Mom, I need this, I want that. When she turned 16, she wanted to get a car. I told her, you need to get a job and you need to pay for your insurance and the taxes on the car. It's been about a year and a half and we're still paying the insurance and the gas. Jamie probably is the craftiest one. Jamie will leave little notes. Mom, will you pick up this? Mom buys me like pretty much whatever I ask for. I mean, most of it's like important stuff, like shoes. I really, really love my children. I worship the ground they walk on most of the time. <laughs> okay, why do you think you can't say no? They have these little faces and they say, Mom, I want this, or Mom, I want mm -hmm. that, and my mom did it to me. Mm -hmm. So it really didn't, I didn't have a chance. Do you have a problem with it? Yes, I do now because it gets worse as they get older. Of course it because does. Because things get bigger, they want yeah. bigger stuff. Yeah, cars and homes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, what do you think of what you've heard Rabbi Shmuley say here today, watching Hannah's family, Hannah, watching Dr. Robin? Oh, we were sitting there going, oh, that's us. That's us, look, yeah. going, I'm doing that, what, what he's saying. I know I'm doing it. You are? Oh yeah, I know yeah. I'm doing it, it's and, my fault. And how do you girls feel about it? I like being spoiled, you, you know? do. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with it. I mean, everybody would like to be spoiled a little bit, you know? Okay, so what do you say about this? What I'm wondering is, are you worried for your daughters? Oh yeah, I am. Okay, because I'm not hearing the worry. The worry. So yes. tell me what you're worried about. I'm worried that we're going to be doing this forever. I'm doing worried what? Uh, do, if they ask for something, that I'm just going to do it. That they're not going to try to earn it. That they're not going to try to work for but it. Let's, but let's talk about if that happens, what kind of human beings? And now we're talking about women. So young women, what kind of what? women will they be? And what might they be subjected to in marriage? Mm -hmm. in dating, mm -hmm. on jobs. See, you're teaching right. them in some ways how to be victims right. of you. Mm -hmm. So you're saying, right. So I need you to help me. Yeah, okay. that's why I'm here. Okay. I was like, oh, okay. okay, I need help. Yeah. Good, good. 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 I need well, you to help me. Yeah, yes, if, you, help. if you really want help, and, and the other stories, Oprah, this is true for the other couple and the other mother, is to get to the root of what are you really afraid of? Because this behavior, you're trying to avoid something. Right. And I wanna know, what are you trying to avoid? I wonder sometimes maybe if I don't do what they want me to do, maybe they won't love me oh. as much. Okay. Maybe okay. I have to do something for them. So you may have to maybe. buy their love. Uh, maybe. That's strong. I know it's strong, but, but we need to talk right. strong because their lives are at stake. Right. Maybe, maybe not. And it's not just love. It's everything. It's, it's doing for them, too. It's not just buying. It's doing also for them. So you could actually, although you want to help them, create cripples. 
Did you know that? I'll tell you something, no. Oprah. I came from a family where <laughs> my parents over gave to my siblings and myself. So I had to teach myself boundaries. I had to teach myself rules. Really? Yeah. So the reason I tell you that is it may feel good now to get what you want, and you don't understand this, it's going to backfire later on. Now, you don't know that because you're a child. No, she doesn't. She said it's great to be spoiled. Well, See, I don't even know what you all are talking about because nobody ever gave, over gave me anything. Right, right, right. So, yeah, well, so I don't and, even know. But, but given that we are in a culture where parents are afraid. And are overindulging their children because of that fear. Didn't you say the same thing? Absolutely. Yes, yes. Fear of what Dr. Robin is saying, this fear of inadequacy. Yes. I mean, there is an assault on the American woman. You're not pretty enough to be on the cover of a magazine. You're not thin enough to be... Um, you know, modeling some diet. You're not famous enough to be on Entertainment Tonight. And what you're showing your daughters is that is absolutely right. You're not even good enough to be loved by your flesh and blood. That your own daughters need to be given things to earn your affection. You're showing your daughters an example, with all due respect, because you're a great mother and woman, of woman as doormat, that they can step all over you. Will men do that to them when they start to date? What do you think? What do you think? I am 23. Yeah. Um, I have a daughter and I am married, but I feel that she's my mom and I think she should, if I need help with an electricity bill or I need gas money, that I do think that she should. Well, and you know what? <laughs> but, but what's great about that is why, why do you think she should help you as opposed to you should help yourself at 23 as a mother? So, but let's understand why. What's, under, what's underneath that? And let's really get to the root. What are you saying when you say, I think she should? I think she should want to help me if I need her to help me. So what if help meant that she was going to help you learn that you were competent? And maybe not today to pay your own bills, but that she's going to help you grow and mature. But she only, Jennifer only feels that way because that's what she taught her to feel. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. And, and help her to be happy. Dependency can never breed happiness. Dependency breeds shame. You know, you said you like being spoiled. I'm sure that you've had times experienced the euphoria and the ecstasy of real achievement. And that is infinitely more pleasurable yeah, than getting is. things from someone else. So you're denying your children the possibility of real happiness, mm -hmm. the ability to point at something and say, I did that. Okay, I so this is the thing that I was thinking watching you with the car, with mm -hmm. the car the car that you said that you all had an agreement that she was going to get a job or help pay for it. Why didn't you have that set up before you bought the car? Well, before we bought the car, we said, we'll get the car, but you need to get a job and pay insurance. And then it just didn't happen. But I'm saying, why didn't you say, you get a job, you get a job, uh, yeah. and then we will help you get a car? Why didn't yeah. you do it that way? I don't know. I should have. You didn't okay. I should have. At the time, it was convenient. It was convenient. She needed a car. She needed to help me to get her sister around and help me do those kind of things. So there was a so part that, of you that kind of abdicated your own parenting. Yes. Because it was easier. Yes. But this is America. This it is, is what's America. happening. Yes. This, is what you, this is what's happening. You ruin your children when you don't give them a sense of self-worth, a sense of accomplishing things on their own, and also extending that accomplishment to give back to other people. When it comes to setting boundaries and limits for your children, Dr. Robin says there's a golden rule every parent has to follow. What is that? That when you say no, you must mean it and stick to it. 
period. And the reason I say that is because what happens is... Otherwise, your word means nothing. Right. That's, well, and if my word means nothing, it means that there's no respect. If there is no res if, if I'm not respecting you, then I'm disrespecting you. Right. And so I will hear parents all the time saying, well, I said no, but then I changed my mind, so I'm stuck. I said, well, wait a minute. Once you realize that you made a poor decision, then you rechange your mind yeah. and say, no means no, and I really mean no. But if you can't live it, your kids can sniff it out. Yes. And this is the word I want everybody to understand. If you love your child, let's redefine today what it means to love. Part of loving your children is to give them boundaries. What we've seen today is what creates failure. Failure. You'll be wanting your whole life. Yes. She'll be wanting your whole life. And she'll be a victim to someone yeah. her whole life. You will be a victim to someone your whole life if you are not able to say, it is nice when mom pays a bill, but it's not good for me. It's not good for me. Now, I don't expect you all to do that. I expect her to do that. But you, <laughs> who are 23, married with a child, because you know what? You'll breed it in your own child. Mm -hmm. And then, you are supposed to be paying your own bills. Right. That is what an adult is. Yeah. That's what supposed to be and doing. feeling proud. Yeah. And feeling proud of yeah. yourself. Yeah. And it really is my hope from doing this show that it will inspire you through uh, Rabbi Shmuley and through Dr. Robin and all the guests that you've seen here today to redefine what it really means to love your children. Not to be their friends, but to parent them. Again, I thank you. Thank you. Dr. Robin. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to The Oprah Winfrey Show, the podcast. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Oprah Show, the podcast. And I thank you for listening. <laughs>